0: You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio. You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. You got your happy ending.
1: That's not what this is, it's
2: something else. Well then, happy beginning. It's that time of year again, our favorite show is going on hiatus. During this upcoming hiatus, binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to iTunes or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. From all of us here on Poppy Chula Radio, have a happy hiatus. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppy is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. story
3: Welcome to a special Farewell to Storybrook edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a PoppyChuloRadio.com and iTunes exclusive, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, May 25th twenty seventeen and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. In this special postmortem, we are going to discuss ABC's Once Upon a Time in its entirety as we bid farewell to Storybrook. Please welcome my co-hosts to our special postmortem broadcast, Brittany Garcia.
4: Hello everyone, so excited to do these lists with you guys.
3: Katie. Hi
5: guys, can't wait to talk with you all.
3: And Priscilla Rocha.
5: Hi guys.
6: I'm excited too, by the way, but I could I could I had no idea what else to say that, that, that you guys didn't already tread. <sighs> so hard following up creative people.
3: Katie, you took all the good uh, hellos.
5: Apparently we all we just took them all away. I'm so sorry.
3: <laughs> yes. Boom 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 boom. Before we start our special Farewell to Storybrooke postmortem, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us.
2: Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookeweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookeweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube. At Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychula Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com Poppy Radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychula Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe.
3: Thanks, announcer. All right, everybody. Let's get into it. Tonight we are doing something we've never done before. So I, Mm -hmm. I know, I gave my co-hosts a little homework. Some were excited, some were excited, and, and as you can hear, some were not excited for homework. But what we did tonight is pretty awesome. So we all created these top five lists for 10 categories that are obviously very specific to this show that we are discussing once upon a time. and what we're going to do is we are going to go over our top five lists. And we're going to discuss why we chose what we chose. So uh, there were a couple of rules uh, to the list. And I wanted everyone uh, to rank the list. So that whatever is number one, it's like the n- the number one thing. And... Um, We're going to also discuss, like, maybe who we left off and and that sort of thing. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Usually the post-mortem of the season is the broadcast, the podcast, the episode that I'm most looking forward to recording. But this one has supplanted that as, like, the podcast that I've been looking forward to doing the most just because we're doing something unique and I think it was fun having to actually think like about the entire series and to like go back and like figure out which character or which location or which storyline would make my top 5 list and I hope that it was as fun for all of you to do as well so all right so this is now the moment of truth we're going to get into our very first top 5 list and this top 5 list is top 5 heroes and there was a little bit of a rule in this one it's no charmings, swan, hook, mills, gold just because if we included any of our like main main core cast then you know that could be the top 5 list in and of itself so I wanted a little bit of variety so top five heroes. And we're going to start off with Katie.
5: Okay, so, starting off at number five, I have Ariel on there. At number four, I have Mulan. At number three, I have Merlin. At number two, I have Elsa. And then at number one, I have Aladdin slash Jasmine I couldn't decide and I kind of consider them like a team but maybe more so Aladdin for this category Um, so they kind of seem like maybe odd I love how Katie is the first one to admit category. that she
3: cheated I'm just saying
5: I did I did sorry I, you're gonna I cheated I expect okay. this from Brittany but I will I will tell you if I have to decide which I will do because this is a top five list I'll put Aladdin as number one um i just i mean looking over this list and like this category um first of all i loved aladdin when he came on the show i think that the character that they or the actor that they got for the character was great um i think that he played a good role um especially lined up with jasmine um Jasmine even more so played um, more of a a heroine, heroine role as well. Um, but Aladdin, of course, was the savior. And um, we got to see him take on that role. And um, it was just fun. I liked him a lot. And then I've also got Elsa on here, who I really like. Um, I know a lot of people... Give flack to the Frozen arc But I mean going over these categories I actually have The Frozen arc and characters On here a lot oh.
2: um,
5: I Really reflect on it I really loved Elsa And the actress Who they chose to play her was phenomenal um, She was just she was A relatable character And I loved her journey I mean Of course, when we think of Frozen, we um, think of uh, Elsa, who's gone through this huge transformation. um, And then, kind of in the show, we get to see where we go from there. Um, But I liked her a lot. Um, I also have Merlin on here, um, who, first of all, was gorgeous. And second of all, was just a fun character. He was so fun to have on the show. And I, I... Miss him. I, I want them to bring him back somehow. Bring him back from the dead, please. He is amazing. Um, and then just for my last two, I have Mulan and Ariel on here as well. Um, Mulan was so much fun when she was on the show. I always enjoy when she pops in. I hope for season seven, possibly we get to see her again. And Ariel is so cute. um Joanna Garcia Swisher plays a great version of Ariel. And whenever she's on the show, she she just kind of um, brings this bubbly personality and she um, she always saves the day in like sort of an unusual way but um, I like her a lot so those are those are definitely my top five heroes.
1: Priscilla okay,
5: I'm super
6: jealous because I didn't think of Merlin
5: Ha-ha!
1: and I
6: should have. Like, but I decided to stay true to what I originally put on my list and not, like, do some last-minute finagling to squeeze Merlin in there. (laughs) So, my top five heroes are 5, Graham, 4, Jasmine, 3, Tinkerbell, 2, Ariel, and number one, Mulan.
1: Ooh.
6: You can tell, like, I'm such a (laughs) Disney-file, like, if I get, like, my favorite, like, animated characters, and if they're done right, like, chances are you're gonna be on my top list, like, gosh, the only one who wasn't a princess who fit on here was Graham, (laughs) and I liked him just simply because, like, of the, the tragicness of his death, like, of the fact that, like, he he really was trying to be a good person. It's just how are you? It, we see this in the in the last fight with Gideon. How can you be a good person when someone else is controlling you? And both managed to find ways to, like, show that they still have like a little bit of their humanity still left within them. So I I admire Graham for that. I I also admire the. Um, The flashbacks to Graham, the fact that he was a good person as the huntsman too, so like he he does he clawed his way onto my top five heroes and deservedly so. Jasmine, I chose because instead of Aladdin because I had that same like little conundrum that Katie Mm -hmm. had like pick which one to pick which one to pick, but I chose Jasmine because. I appreciated her hero's journey the fact that she at that point decided Aladdin is a hero Aladdin is a savior I'm going to rely solely on him to being to teaming up with Ariel and being and, and saying no you know what I'm going to find a way to fix Agrabah it's up to me like that 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 in itself is inspiring to me I love that Tinkerbell, too. Like, it, it, it's it's one of those things where I like... I like the unexpected hero. I like the hero that goes through, like, troubled times and learns, like, to forge their own way ahead. And with Tinkerbell, it, it seemed that way, like, that she was just bright and happy. She was green and had that all taken away from her when her like i don't know her her hopes and dreams were put into this one person and they disappointed her but yet still she manages to find a way to regain her 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 fairy powers back in storybrook when she's in a strange place where there's nobody that that should be like like keeping an eye on her and she 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 did it by herself The and Ariel I think you like you, you captured that one pretty well like Joanna Garcia holy sh- oh, she's just so good at being like that whole like wide eye that whole wide eyed Ariel like the big blue eyes the swooshy red hair like she's the Barrels of hope the fact that You can be tied down in a strange land with another like hero and figure out a way to save yourself like to save who you love and Mulan I think gets top one because She manages to evoke all of this and save people who she loves who don't love her back and that's tragic but it's still like wow mulan like like you did this twice with two like um with two couplings with philip and aurora and with dorothy and red like you didn't have to go and help but you did so and not to not to say that the last one with dorothy and red that there was any like romantic like kindlings within there but like Still, like she's she's a good bro. She's she's an awesome person, and that's why she's my top pick.
3: Brittany.
4: Okay, I didn't cheat like Katie did, you know, and then she had to like oh fix my herself. Um, so whatever.
3: <laughs> so disappointing, <laughs> Katie.
5: I know. I'm I know. Disappointed already in the first. You're line. disappointing like, you since the start of the show.
3: Oh, <laughs> aww. <laughs> Never Katie
4: (laughs) Okay So With Priscilla and Katie's um, Lists I'm noticing we all have A lot of similarities But I'm wondering if maybe when Jeff says his We're all going to have a different number one So it's going to be a lot of fun Um, Number five for me Is Aladdin Number four is Elsa Number three Is Ariel Number two is Mulan. And number one is Jasmine. So, Ooh. I love that I did that. I had Aladdin as number five and number one for Jasmine. What Girl power, guys. I, I just had <laughs> yeah. Aladdin barely, barely <laughs> made the number five spot. Um, But to be honest, I think it's just because they casted him right. And although I did want more about the Agrabah story and stuff, but I know season six was, like, jam-packed with a lot, I'm still glad... With what we got with the casting and the arc for Aladdin and Jasmine. And I kind of like that they Mm -hmm. made Aladdin the savior, but they also made him... I don't want to say he failed at that, but he chose not to be one. But even when he cut his destiny from him, he still... Did his best to help. I mean, yeah, he ended up being a genie and he had to, but they couldn't use powers to, like, make everything get better. Like, they had to fight for it. Or, more specifically, Jasmine, but I'll get to her in a little bit. So, I really like the portrayal of Aladdin. I think he was one of the most anticipated characters to come on here and he did not disappoint. He was snarky. He was sarcastic. He was flirtatious. Um, he was... He was very human. He had a lot of flaws, especially, you know... I mean, Emma was tempted with cutting her destiny this season, and she didn't. I mean, I'm not saying she's better than Aladdin, but with what we've heard about the Savior's destiny and that they're supposed to die, and it's, like, a big deal, I'm not... I don't fault Aladdin for wanting to step away from that. And it didn't make me hate him, like, any more or, like, any less. You know, I just... I felt for him... And he also redeemed himself with wanting to go and help Jasmine. And not just because he liked her. You know, like, I mean, yes, he did. But he, he knew what he had to do. And he did it even when he wasn't the savior anymore. So props to him. I love you a lot. And you, you sexy beast. Number four, Elsa. I've expressed that season four is not my favorite. However, that doesn't make it overall, like, the worst thing ever. You still want to go and watch. And you remember a lot of good characters, a lot of good moments. Um, and one of those characters being Elsa. I know people have a lot of debate between Anna and Elsa, but I really felt the connection more to Elsa because she becomes really, really good friends with uh, Emma. I feel like they they form a connection or they have a lot of similarities that make them able to form a really cool bond. And I'm really sad, honestly, like that's one of the things i'm I'm sad about that Elsa couldn't. Not that she had to become a regular, but I really would have loved to see her a little bit more and maybe become Emma's best friend. And not to say that I don't uh, I don't like Regina and Snow and them, because our cast is huge, but I also wish they all had best friends. You know, I wish like Hook had like, Smee around there as his best friend. Uh, I wish Charming had a best friend, but I guess Hook and Charming have a best friend. I don't know. I just wanted some of our main cast to have a best friend. Elsa could have been that, and I feel like the casting was well was well done. Her arc was well done too. It's about sisters, about friendship. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about the Snow Queen because that was just weird. I don't. I, She's just weird. But Elsa really stood out in season four and was really one of the good parts. And I, I don't know if we can get her in season seven, but I, I wouldn't mind it. But I wish we had more of her. That's how much I liked her. I really wish we could have had more of her. Um, number three is Ariel. I think for the same reasons Katie said. Uh, the actress brings this uh, bubbly nature, which you would think I'd be, like, appalled by because I'm all about darkness. But Ariel is just so adorable. Again, she's a fan favorite, a Disney favorite, and they casted her right. And, um, she's been recurring for, like, ever. And I think that's a good thing because I remember her freshly in my mind. And, yeah, she was always looking for Eric. I thought that was hilarious, but... Um, I really like that even when she had her own journey, she took the time to help other people. And I think that speaks a lot about her character and why we love her so much. Uh, I think it brings like a a new kind of maturity to Ariel's character because she's 16 in the Disney movies, but here she she seems quite, you know, a little bit older. So I think I appreciate that a lot in, in this show. Number two is Mulan because I feel like we could have had so much more. I hope she comes out in season seven. That'd be amazing. I'm so sad she never gets her, like love and truth. Not that she needs one, but I feel like they're always like kind of baiting us that maybe this could be a potential um, relationship for her or something. But we never quite get that. Even though Milan's willing to help everybody, she kind of reminds me of. What's her name? Brienne from Game of Thrones. I really like her a lot. I don't think they need love interests, but if they ever got one, I would really like that. Um, and I just think it's really helpful to have Mulan around. And I'm, I, I just, I've just enjoyed her every time they bring her. And I feel like they never really finished with her, so that's why I want to see more of her. I really enjoy the the actress and. Just Mulan overall. I mean, one probably one of the most selfless characters I think we've ever seen um, as a guest uh, in this in this series. And number one, Jasmine. Amazing. I love her. They gave her more of a leadership role uh, when Aladdin was all like, nah, man, I'm not the savior. See ya. Jasmine, you know, relied on him a lot. She really believed that he would be the one to save them. But, um, and... I love that they don't show her hating him or really disappointed in Aladdin for disappearing and not taking up the mantle of the savior because in a way she still convinces him to come and help her, but she realizes that she's the princess and she has a role to play and she's the one who get who defeats Jafar and gets Agrabah back. And that is just like the most magical thing. That's more magical than the magic carpet. Like that's awesome. I'm so I'm so happy with this adaptation of Jasmine. I feel like they did it right, can't say the same for Belle, but I can for Jasmine, so hell yeah, Jasmine's my number one.
3: Alright, here's my list. What I tried to do in creating my list is, uh, like I really went back deep into some of uh, the episodes and I wanted to try to add some more obscure references that I felt like would not have been on either of your lists. And uh, yeah, so that's sort of like the idea of like how I created mine. So here's my number five, The Huntsman. Number four, Aladdin. Number three, Hercules. Number two, Dorothy. And number one, Jasmine.
5: Ooh, thanks.
4: Cheers.
3: Thank you. Okay. Hercules. Yes. I'm interested. Alright, so the Huntsman, uh, basically for all the reasons that Priscilla gave, um, exactly. I mean, he was a hero in the flashbacks. He was trying to do the right thing. And that's why I put the Huntsman versus Graham in it. Just because we saw him be a little bit more heroic in the flashbacks. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt like I had to include the Huntsman somewhere in any of these lists and so that's why he uh, fell in as uh the hero as number five aladdin basically for all the reasons that all of you who had aladdin touched upon so uh yeah aladdin number three hercules uh hercules because i really liked the episode that he was in and his interaction with snow and how uh he ended up you know just becoming an even a stronger hero once he interacted with her and I liked the once interpretation of Hercules Dorothy because uh, I felt like she wouldn't have like gotten a shout out on anyone's list to be quite honest and I felt like she needed some sort of representation I liked that she was a warrior and that she was a badass, and that she was ready to uh, basically save Oz and uh, take on uh, the Wicked Witch. So, uh, Dorothy had to make my list. And number one, Jasmine, just because, I mean, what everyone said basically, she ended up being the savior, even though Aladdin was destined to be the savior. She's the one that saved Agrabah and uh I loved her strength. I thought she was an awesomely written character, and uh both her and Aladdin were two of the characters that I was looking forward to like the most, or at least you know on the top of like a top five list of like seeing the once interpretation of them so uh and they didn't disappoint, so that's my list. Any shout outs to any characters that like almost made your list or um, maybe you were were stuck with like five and you had six. And so like the the one that you had to like toss out or any shout outs to um, maybe people that are on other lists that you are mad that you didn't pick. Like Merlin or something like that.
6: Oh, I already said Merlin. Like that—that that was so genius of you. I cannot believe I didn't pick Merlin.
5: <laughs> he was—he was great. Um, I don't. I wish I would have picked the Huntsman too, because originally Graham was one of my favorites, and when they killed him off, I was so mad. So I, you—he was only in the first seven episodes. So when you think about. It, it's that was a long time ago, so I did forget about him. And I, I wish I would have put him on the list, but um, he, w- he was great, so special shout out to him for sure. He gets the sixth spot on my list.
3: <laughs> All right, so let's move into top five villains. Brum, 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 brum. I'm gonna start off with the villain of the podcast, Brittany.
4: <laughs> hey. Yeah, that's pretty true. Alright. Alright, all, right. all, right, let, all right, I'm going to start this off with a bang. Let's go. Top 5 villains picked by the number 1 villain of the podcast. Let's go. Number 5, Rumpelstiltskin. Because he's always a villain no matter what season it is and it's just a joy. I love him more than I love Mr. Gold. Um, And he's just so juicy and woo, you know, woo. so I just He's just good, and his deal-making is always somehow a part of the flashbacks, no matter who it is, definitely in season one, two. Uh, I think every episode with, like, every fairy tale character ever have made a deal with him, so he's just a prominent character and something I'm going to miss a lot, um, And or I hope we see in season seven. Number four, Peter Pan, because that guy is freaky. I don't like him. Malcolm is the worst father ever. And this Peter Pan is totally different from the one we know. And it was awesome. I was not. I did not complain at all from his arc. And then he came back. And he was just a little bitch. And then we finally killed him. And I don't know. He was just awesome. I loved him a lot. Cruella. Because she is just born evil. And her power thing is weird. But I like it. I don't, her or her ability, I'm sorry, is just weird, but I really like it. And I think she's the first one to really push Emma to do something that she didn't want to do. And I thought that that was really awesome. Even if that arc wasn't my favorite, it was still awesome. And I miss Corella. Number two, evil queen. We never really get rid of her. She's always going to be a part of Regina, except in season six. Um, she was the reason why we fall in love with season one. Aside from the good stuff. um, But Evil Queen is just awesome. She will always be... um, Actually, no. They just use her in every promotion ever of of Once Upon a Time. She is the main character. Like Move aside Charmings. Move aside Emma. It's all about the Evil Queen. And she's a lot more complicated than you realize. So I just love that. And we got her back. She was so loved that we got her back in Season 6. And that's amazing. And number one, I picked Black Fairy... Um, We didn't spend enough, enough time with her, which makes me sad. But in the time that we did spend with her, she was a pain in the ass. She's all giggly and adorable. Her outfits were on point. Her backstory was tragic, but it was amazing because it still didn't let me sympathize with her. I still wanted her gone. And that makes her my number one.
1: Priscilla?
6: Okay, this is where, like, it starts off weird. Because for me, number five is Ingrid. I liked the the whole concept of a villain who isn't really mu- a villain within their heads that they have their their own heroic like destiny that they felt is the right one. And I, I liked her. Uh, number four is Cora, just because God, you love to hate her. She st- she figures shit out like way before anyone else does, and she manages to twist Regina into her own way, like,
0: oh, it's
6: so good. Number three is Cruella because ah, uh, delicious, delicious. I'm evil just because like it feels good. Ah, uh, it's so good. Number two is Reg- Mayor Mills Regina from season one because holy crap, like I-, I just I I love how she twists everything around to her favor. How she twists st- like I'm surprised she wasn't the one that put. Emma inside of an insane asylum, but she manages to put Belle inside of one for like a whole year. Like this is, she's just epic. And the same thing goes for my number one pick, Peter Pan, because how can you not see like a small child who's supposed to be a hero in his own story and find out that he's got a messed up little island of freaks. Like, ah, So good.
3: All right, here are my top villains. Number five, King George. Why? Because out of everyone that's on my list, my top five list, he's the only human, aka non-magical being, and uh, he was just so deliciously evil. Like I hated him so much, Alan. Alan Dale did a fantastic job as King George. Like, I loved seeing him on the screen because I hated him so much. Because he was so evil and wicked and despicable. I mean, King George. I had to include him on my list. Number four, The Evil Queen. The Evil Queen... I mean, what's more to say? I mean, everyone has said it so far. I mean, The Evil Queen is just the icon of of Once Upon a Time. And uh, Regina, when she was the Evil Queen, especially in the Enchanted Forest, was just so good as a villain. So I had to include her on my list. Number three, the Black Fairy. Why? For basically all the reasons that have already been said. She was uh, evil to the core. She enacted uh, the Dark curse cursiest of the dark curses. She was amazing to see. Unfortunately, we didn't have her for too long. But she was a really great villain. Number two, Corella Deville. Because she was and a villain just to be a villain. She was insane. Her portrayal was awesome. Shout out to Victoria Smurfit. It was Fantastic to see this over-the-top cartoon character become flesh and blood. And I loved the twist that she actually had a little bit of magical powers to her. And my number one, Cora Mills. Just because she was such an evil woman. And even though she did get to go to heaven, which Brittany bitches at all the time... (laughs) she did get to go to heaven but when she was on earth and in particular when she did not have her heart in her she was so despicable and so wicked and wretched and oh my god she just gave people hell and i loved watching it barbara hershey you were amazing and uh yeah that's my top five list. So all of the villains went first, and we we have our heroine, Katie. Oh,
5: my gosh. What Last. Katie, go ahead. Okay, so my list of top five villains starts at number five with the same thing that Priscilla had. I have Ingrid, or the Snow Queen, as number five. Um, I just really liked her. I loved the actress who played her. Um... I thought that the ending to her story was really well done. Um, she was just compelling. She wasn't. She wasn't one of those villains who is has this super like intense like power to their voice. She's kind of more soft spoken, but um, it, it it lends to being creepy, or I guess you could say. Um, So I liked her a lot. Number four, I have the Black Fairy. Um, She was evil for evil's sake, pretty much. I mean, her backstory gave her a little bit um, there, but it wasn't enough to warrant how evil she was. Um, She had pretty twisted views about what she wanted from the world, but um, she was fantastic. I did thoroughly enjoy her story throughout this last half of season six number three i have cora um she was a horrible mother <laughs> she was a horrible mother um but i love seeing her on the screen barbara hershey did such a good job playing her and then of course we had um the younger actress who played her whose name Rose McGowan, Rose McGowan, that's who played the younger version of Cora. did a great job with her as well. Um, she was just fantastic to watch on screen and to kind of see her arc with her daughter come to a close um, was nice as well. Number two, I have Corella DeVille. Um, she is so great. She was so great. She had these snippy lines, these very sarcastic one-liners that were great. Um, She was evil for evil's sake, pretty much, which is always fun to see because the show usually gives backstories for the villains that makes them, gives them reasons for why they're evil, but she didn't like hers, she just wanted to be evil, and she was great. That gave her such a, a strong reason for being a villain. It was fantastic um and then number one i have peter pan because he was so creepy he was like this creepy annoying like young teen that we all wanted to strangle every single week we we watched him and he was just great i thoroughly enjoyed the neverland arc and he was a highlight of it for sure and i just really enjoyed his character a lot and I wish we had gotten to see him more, but I'm um, thankful for the stuff that we did get to see because he was a great villain. All right. And just like a, a note, I totally yes. didn't notice. I didn't know that we could put like the evil queen, skin, So I didn't put them on my list. But if I, if I had known that I probably would have made it on the list, but I will stick with my list because those are five villains who aren't like the main characters that I
3: still love i like it all right so any shout outs since katie she's breaking the rules because she's giving her shout outs before everybody yeah yeah. i'm just teasing katie i will say (laughs) i toyed with rumple a lot like he was like my number five for the longest and then i just kept on thinking of people and and he fell off my list so he would probably be my like number six for all the reasons that Brittany gave, but I just, yeah, other people sort of just started uh, popping into my head, and uh, there was no room for Rumple.
6: I, for me, it was the Black Fairy that was toying with, like, flitting inside of my list or not. Like, it was so good that arc with her in it. It's just I liked Ingrid's like different take on a villain. And I already had like a villain who loved being evil, who I liked more, Cruella. So just bumped them off the list.
3: Yes, Ingrid, the Snow Queen. For those out there that don't remember,
6: sorry, I should say that the Snow Queen. Yeah. The Dairy Queen. <laughs>
3: yes. No, I'm, I'm throwing shade at someone else on the show. I wonder who that is, Katie. Oh gosh. Hmm. Alright. So the next top five list is storyline arcs. And I didn't give any rules as to what you would classify as a storyline arc. So I'm curious to hear, like, how people picked theirs. Did you go just officially by, like, the official titles? Did you split up a season in your own kind of way? This is going to be interesting. And, uh, initially I was sort of toying with the idea should I just do like top storyline arcs period but I wanted to keep with the top five theme so that's why there are five that you you can name five and obviously there are more storylines uh, than just five in the series so far so uh, let's start off with Priscilla
6: um I didn't I'm not sure if I did this the right way then, because I busted it up into seasons, and to which ones are my favorite seasons and which ones aren't. So number five for me went to season two, just because I loved the thought of see- going back and seeing um, Regina and how... I, I, right now like uh, season two is actually like fading for me I can't remember why I put why, why I put it in number five the, I, I guess it's because I had a really hard time put, placing anything there But um number four got season six part two Part two being um the black fairy story line I, I loved 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 seeing viewership get rewarded with all of these like little like tidbits and like snippets for you and i liked seeing all of these like fairy tale arcs finally like close out number three is frozen because i like i loved the 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 brightness of it i loved seeing like evilness happen but it, it was it wasn't bad per se like it was it was more meant to be warm like family loving like it was supposed to be like it within like the last one with the with the heart of the heart of ice or whatever like breaking like that was supposed to be like interesting and fun for everyone around them so I liked it um number two was Neverland because Dang, like, I loved, 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 loved seeing Peter Pan, like, rage on this. And I I loved seeing that no matter what they did, like, Henry still managed to, like, try and be a hero and maybe hurt their chances of saving him. But they managed to find ways around it again and again. And number one goes to the OG, season one versus Regina. Because how do you start off this whole like storyline arcs without talking about the first curse? Without talking about Henry trying his hardest to make things work there? like I loved it. I loved season one so much. And it deserves the number one spot.
3: Here's my list. Number five, the Queens of Darkness arc just because, even though it was not the best, I liked seeing a villain team up on the show, and it was a weird collection of villains, like two we had seen before, or heard of before, one that just came out of the blue, and she ended up having powers, and uh, I just thought it was awesome. Like. The storyline might not have been the strongest, but the acting was pretty dope. Like Maleficent, Ursula, and Cruella teaming up. You know, that would have been awesome just to see them go out on a road trip or something. So I, I liked the Queens of Darkness for my number five spot. Number four, The Underworld. Because echoed back to like the darkest decisions that a lot of the characters made and a lot of the characters had to basically uh face their sins in the underworld and we had a lot of great like emotional payoff in that arc and uh Sorry, uh, gif makers, gif makers, but I liked the uh, weird underworld filter. Sorry, not sorry. Number three for me is season two, but especially the Cora yeah. and Hook invading Storybrooke section of season two so that would be sort of like the the middle section of season two like if you would split it up into three sections it would be like the one right in the middle so it would be after Korra and Hook uh, arrive in Storybrooke and up until when Korra dies Uh, I love me some Korra and I really enjoyed um, Villain Hook and that whole section was like really good uh, for me number two the Wicked Witch storyline. I liked seeing uh, Rebecca Mater's um, take on the Wicked Witch. I love that Adam and Eddie like, basically created this role for her. I enjoyed seeing like the Oz mythology mixing in with uh, what we've seen so far, or what we had seen so far on Once Upon a Time so, uh Wicked might not have won, because it isn't number one, but Wicked was amazing. And my number one is season one. Uh, there was no way that you can, at least in my opinion, really split up season one into sections, just because it was sort of like a straightforward storyline, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's season one. It's it's the iconic season. It's what uh, started everything, and uh, in my opinion, it's still the strongest season on Once Upon a Time. Katie.
5: Okay, so at number five for me is the Black Fairy arc. Um, like I kind of said with her and the villains section um i love the black fairy and i thought that the arc i mean there's some things that could have been handled better maybe if it wasn't rushed so much it would have been even better but for what we got i really enjoyed it and i really loved the last few episodes um with her where she created her own version of cursed Storybrook and i really liked that a lot number four I have the underworld or the save hook storyline. Um, the under so cool. Hades was awesome. He didn't make it on my villain list, but he was an awesome villain. Um, Greg Germann played a fantastic Hades. He was a good villain for the arc. Um, we, kind of like what Jeff said, we got to explore some of the darkest decisions our characters have ever made. And we got to see characters who had died. And we got to see their endings, um, where they ended up going. Um, it was just, there were some really beautiful scenes that were filmed that were just fantastic. So I really liked the arc a lot. Um, number three, I have Frozen. I... Loved the frozen arc. It was so fun. Um, The cast of the frozen arc were fantastic. They did such a good job with the characters. Um, It was just, it was fun. I loved the spell of the the shattered the shattered mirror curse, whatever it was. Shattered spell, whatever it was. Can't remember specifically right now, but it was so fun um, to see our characters there were worst selves and like yelling at each other and it was just it was a fun arc i loved it a lot um my second favorite arc is the save henry or the neverland arc um peter pan is my favorite story ever and i was so excited when they brought it on the show um it was fun neverland was a fun place to be i loved the challenges that it brought for our characters um i loved peter pan and the lost boys Um, it was just, it was fun all around. Um, it was a dark, it was dark, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then number one, I, of course, am keeping with the tradition of all of you so far. And I have the breaking of the first curse slash season one, season one is what made me fall in love with the show. It was so. So great! It was set up so well. I loved how we got to see all of these fairy tale characters, these stories, uh, literary characters, um, and see the Once Upon a Time spin on them. Um, seeing Emma's journey to finally coming to terms with everything and believing in the in the um, the curse um, was fantastic. It was just a really good arc, and I. Don't think that you can top it. So that definitely takes first place for me.
3: Brittany.
4: Alright. Alright. All y'all have great lists, but you gotta sit <laughs> down because mine's the best. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Oh,
3: uh, <laughs> uh,
4: I think we're all gonna have something in common Damn. here. And we'll see <laughs> when we get there. Um, number five for me is season two A. Um I know season two is kind of forgotten a little bit, but I really did like the premiere of season two and where we end because everyone just got the curse broken, but everyone ends up being separated anyway. And we get Emma bonding with her mom and then Mulan and them trying to make their way back. And we get that, uh, that beautiful, like I always, I always rebug the gif on Tumblr, but that fight that we have against the portal, um, with uh, Hook versus Emma yes. and Cora, like I mean, how could you not like that? And it was just the introduction of some characters that we knew we were going to love. So it was just the beginning of... And Regina's redemption as well to be better for Henry. Just a lot of good stuff. So number four is season six. Basically the end of season six. Season six B, uh, the final battle arc. Um, as soon as we learn about... Uh, Emma's fate and what's going on I was interested I was. We were coming up with theories And sometimes our theories were a little bit better But the execution was so well done um, Even though it's a little rushed It still has some of my favorite episodes And some of my favorite moments um, And the musical I mean you gotta have the musical on your list here Number 3 Season 5A The Dark Swan and Camelot Is uh, taking my number three spot. Because first of all. I'm a freak for anything author. Or author. Wow. Um, Arthurian? Yes. Thank you. Arthurian. I was thinking like the author. Like I couldn't. It was. I was time about that. But I like anything Camelot-esque. Is my. Like I just love that. One of my favorite TV shows is Merlin. (laughs) Haha. So when we were getting flashbacks. Of what happened in Camelot. You know, to solve the mystery of why Emma was dark, I liked it. And I even liked that Emma wasn't even totally dark. You know, she had a reason for hiding the things she was hiding. And I was one of the people that was not bothered by it. I loved it. And we had such a great finale that made me cry. Which is weird because we knew we were getting hooked back, but I still cried. Like, just powerful stuff. Number two, season 3A Neverland arc. Uh, one of the best things ever is while we're in season 3, not everyone is like best friends yet, but they all band together to save the one person that did bring them together to find some kind of common ground, which is Henry. Henry is taken and is on Neverland at the perfect age, by the way, so he can be a lost boy, so he's like trapped between knowing he needs to be with his family, but also he wants to be a lost boy, and his parents come and find him. Hook is there for the wrong reasons but we're okay with it golden his dad his dad is like a teenage boy like i mean i don't know what's going on but it's awesome and tinkerbell and and uh what was it charming telling hook you're never gonna get emma and hook speech about i never thought i would love somebody i mean i just it's good stuff and i have nothing more to say but that number one i agree with all of you season one fell in love with the show because of it the promotion was amazing the arc was good. The finale was fantastic. Uh, just season one takes everything.
3: All right. And I'm just going to say this because Priscilla said this. There are no wrong ways to do these lists. So, yes, uh, Oh, gosh. I'm right. so, I'm right. so, Priscilla, <laughs> you were not wrong in the way that you did your list. You you know, th- all these lists are opinions. So, uh, yeah, there are no wrong opinions tonight, yes, even though uh, Brittany may disagree. So, <laughs> Any <laughs> shout outs, any storylines or arcs or anything that almost made uh, your list?
5: Camelot almost made my list too. Same here. I re- yeah, I really did like it. Um when it came down to it I just had to choose the Blackberry arc over it. But it was really great. Like for all the reasons that Brittany said, I really did like it.
3: Yeah, I was yeah.
6: Underworld almost made it. Like Yeah,
4: I was, re- I was yeah. that was close for my number five because i had i think it's because of the the robin death that really left me salty and i was just so fucking dumb with Zelina, (laughs) like just take her out and i love the arc but Zelina's stupidity like really like pissed me off in the hades arc so but yeah it was still good
3: (laughs) camelot was almost my number five as well So moving into the next category, Top 5 Secondary Slash Tertiary Characters in Storybrooke. So, the idea behind this category is just basically to shout out our Storybrookians. Initially, this was going to be called Top 5 Recurring Characters, but that was a little too similar to another category that we're going to be doing in a moment, so it just made more sense to focus on story Storybrooke. And uh, all right, so here I go with my top five list. Number five, Billy the Mechanic.
6: Oh, <laughs> oh I my miss that. Yeah! I love yes, him. Yes, Gus That's
3: Gus. Good. I had to include him on my list because I felt like number one, he would be very obscure. And number two, I really liked the actor's portrayal of him on the show. Like, he really started off as, like, a background character. Like, he was always sort of there in season one. And then, you know, they stepped him up a little bit, only to die. But uh, one of the reasons why he stood out to me is because this was before um, Red Riding Hood had had come out. Before Ruby came out. So... I liked their chemistry like I was hoping to see them become something at some point and it would have been kind of cute you know because we have the wolf and the mouse dating in Storybrooke but obviously it didn't happen because of uh, my top five villain so uh, shout out to Billy the mechanic number four Leroy I mean, come on, Leroy. It's it's Leroy. Like, I had to include him on the list. If not, he would have yelled at me. But, um, like, he has always been sort of, like, the comic relief. Uh, he's got the sassy lines. He reads people for filth. Uh, he always will let you know when a curse is coming. So, number four, Leroy. Number three, Ruby. Ruby. I mean, just, Ruby was just so awesome. Like, even when she was, like... You know, uh, driving Granny crazy. Like, Ruby was such an awesome character to see in Storybrooke. Number two, Mother Superior. Why? Because I just, I like the Blue Fairy. And I know that people say she's shady. But I don't believe the haters of Mother Superior. Number one, we all know who it is. Like do I even need to say it? No. But, well, I will. Granny. Number what granny? I mean what? granny Oh my
6: god. Oh it. my god. This I knew so it was surprising.
3: I killed Katie. Katie didn't expect it. Great, I mean I j- just <laughs> Granny. Like she's sh- she can be shady. She's tough. She's great with a crossbow. She knows how to make a mean lasagna. Um, she loves meatloaf, like, I just, like, don't mess up her, her, um, her restaurant searching for magic wands, I just had to. Granny, number one. So, who shall be next? Since she was shocked about Granny, although she probably wasn't. Katie.
5: <laughs> okay, so here's my list. At number five, I have... Archie. um, He's popped up since the first season. He uh, was more prevalent in season one, obviously, but he's popped up a lot since then. And he's always just like a fun... He's always there. He's just a fun character to revisit. He's always there for everybody, talking about all their problems, um, helping them feel better, especially in this last season. He uh, was there for Hook. He was there... For Regina, I believe it was again. He was there for he was there for Emma. He was just he was there for a lot of characters. Um, At number four, I have the blue fairy. I do joke around that she's you know shady or whatever, but she has always been a constant in the show. Um, I love seeing her. Uh, She always adds something. She always helps them solve solve cases on occasion. Um, At number three, I have Ruby as well. I love Ruby so much. I miss her. I wish she was still on the show more frequently. Um, We need to see her again. I love her. Um, But I guess hopefully we'll, we'll see her in season seven. At number two, I have Grumpy or Leroy. He, uh, for all the reasons you said, he is our comic relief of the show. He always lets you know when the curse is coming. Um, He adds these great one-liners. He's grouchy. um, But he can have a good time. He's fun to have around. And then number one. Number one. Guess who I have as well. I have Granny as number one. Katie.
3: (laughs) You filled my heart with joy.
5: You're welcome. (laughs) I put granny up there because she has also been a constant since season one she's always on the show she's always making her lasagna and getting upset because everyone's ruining her her diner and um she's just there for everyone she's everyone's grouchy grandma that they all love and the show just wouldn't be the same without her so shout out to granny Brittany. All right. Wow.
4: Okay. Let's let's do my top five secondary characters. I don't. I feel like my number five now is like out of the loop. But what I was trying to think of was out of all these seasons, and not so much reoccurring characters, but who was really important to me in those seasons, like individually, that were kind of like mains. So for five, I put the Huntsman because. Even though it's like six seasons later, um, I still remember him, and he's like the first guy I shipped Emma with, and I liked him a lot, and only recently I learned that he's a, uh, Dor- he's a, uh, I'm sorry, not Dorian, well, I was going to say the wrong name, but he's um, Christian Grey, and I'm kind of sad about that. But either way, he was amazing, and once upon a time, I thought his story was tragic, and um, I was really sad when he died in season one cause I felt, I, and I felt, I felt his absence. So yeah, he's number five for me. Number four is the blue fairy. Um, I am not a fairy blue fairy hater or a shady caller. I think, uh, she's just a little bitchy and that she has some stuff, some rules and some guidelines that she goes by, but I think she's always tried to help when she could, but I mean, we'll see, right? We'll see. I don't know what season seven will bring. Number three, sorry guys, I put Granny. Um, I love Granny. I think she's hilarious. She's had some funny, uh, some funny times, and then her shop is amazing or her diner is amazing. Um, and I think if they ever killed Granny, I'd be super sad. So I just, I'm just glad we have her around. Number two is Archie, for me, because he is always needed. I feel like there was a time where he was always somehow popping up and helping like he's like the second truest believer after henry i feel like sometimes our characters need him to kind of push them in the right direction like if it if it couldn't be henry back in the day it had to be archie and then he was gone for a little bit but then he came back a lot and fans fans were asking for him so i mean we always need archie and i don't feel like the the show would have been the same without him or pongo So, you know, we always need we always need a clip of Archie, at least walking Pongo. And it's a it's an episode of Once Upon a Time. And number one, I have Leroy. I don't know why. I just think Grumpy has some of the funniest, most sarcastic um, quotes in the entire series. And they're well-timed. You know, he's the comedic relief. But we also got a whole, like, episode dedicated to him. You know, he was dreamy before he was grumpy. And his storyline is just awesome. And I just love who he was back then and who he is now. And how loyal he's always been to Snow and Charming. You can always count on him. So, number one, grumpy for me.
1: Priscilla.
4: Well, you guys have
6: retreaded over a lot of characters that um that i put on my list so it's gonna, mine's gonna be pretty quick uh number five is a uh, dreamy grumpy again for the same reasons that you guys picked like the loyalty the the funniness the fact that like Captain Swan can't have a moment fucking alone without him being like, we're under attack. Like (laughs) the very end, like, ah, Ruby, number four for just being beautiful for being fiery, for being the best friend. I I really wish she could have stayed in Storybrooke and somehow found Dorothy that way. Just because like, I loved the best friend. Like I, I completely agree with Brittany. Like, there 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 should have been a best friend like for everybody and it shouldn't have just been fallen all to the cricket at the very end to <laughs> listen to everyone's opinions and ruby could have been that for snow um, number 3 is jefferson or the hatter because i love the fact that like he's so fucking creepy he's so he's so broken as a person and but but he's trying his his damnedest to Like, be like with stuck within this like horrible like mansion with no like chance of having his daughter, like to fix things, but manages to find a way to get to get Swan on his side and to, in the very end, get his Alice, not his Alice, but get to get his daughter back. Um, number two, August Booth for the same reasons. Um, I liked seeing the I liked the thought of um, somebody giving the savior back um, her belief, and that's what August Booth did. Like it, not even just in his own like story arc, but before, la- like later on when you see him as one of the dark one of the people taken away by the dark queens, like he still manages to give. Hope to the Savior. Even in the uh, the alternate storyline, he manages to give hope to the Savior. So that and number one, Sheriff Graham, for the same reasons that I gave before, like the tragic hero who just couldn't do his very best, like who just couldn't edge out of the of the curse in time. I, you, you gotta remember him every time you think of Storybrooke.
3: Any shout-outs? Any characters that almost made your list?
5: Should have put Graham on there. I love
3: Graham. (laughs) Apparently not enough. Apparently
2: not. Man, Gus was
6: almost in mine. Like, I remember him and I, I missed him. Like, I was going to put him before Dreamy, but then I just thought of, like three different times that Grumpy's been like, guys, what's going on here? Like, pointing out the very fucking obvious. <laughs> and it just, I couldn't, I couldn't replace Grumpy.
3: So let's move into the next list. Top five guest star characters. So the idea behind this list, obviously, are characters that were not main or like heavily recurring, uh, you know, just guests. People that uh, maybe were there just for an arc or something like that. That kind of thing. And we'll start off with Katie.
5: Okay, so I'm going with number five as Tinkerbell. Ooh. Um, she, I love Rose MacIver. She does a great job playing Tinkerbell Tinkerbell. and I, I love that we get to see her pop up occasionally as a guest star. Um, She's just, she's fun. She's a spunky fairy um, who kind of has a bond with Regina, which is fun to see. So I hope we do get to see her more. Um, But for what we have, she has always been great. At number four, I have Ariel. Um, she was on my heroes list as well, but for all the same reasons that I had her on my heroes list, she is so spunky. She always saves the day in an unexpected way, and she's just fun to have around. At number three, I have Will Scarlet. Um, he was the main character, or a main character, on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, but having him specifically in the show. He- even for a small arc was fun he is just sarcastic um he has the best one-liners as well um he's just fun and i i really really hope we get to see it, that we still have like one more chance to get to see him and like finish his story or get answers because i love him number two i am cheating okay i'm cheating
3: Ah, <sighs> I'm not I surprised. You
4: know
5: that, right? You I know, failed. I know. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I have the entire Frozen gang, but if I, if you want me to choose one person, I will choose Elsa for sure out of all of them. But um, for all the reasons that I said in the hero section, but specifically for all of them, they just all played s- such good characters they did so good with the material they were given and they were just fun it was so much fun to see them and then at number one i have jefferson sebastian stan is fantastic Mm, i love him (laughs) he's attractive Uh Um, (laughs) he's attractive uh he It played such a good character. I love the Mad Hatter, and I wish we had seen him more, Um, but of course he's busy now. But he was so much fun when we had him on the show, and he introduced us to Wonderland. He introduced us to his hat, which has the room to all the realms, which is what we revisited in the season six finale, which was fun, so... I love him a lot and I miss him so he gets my top spot. Priscilla? Katie,
6: get out of my head with like these cuz Oh uh, no. <laughs> they are almost like legit same same same. <laughs> cuz number 5 is Tinkerbell and number 4 oh is God. Ariel like for exactly <laughs> the same reasons. <laughs> the spunky heroines the spunky Disney heroines who try their damnedest and who manage to all to, to encompass their character and do a little more, so perfect. Number three is Mulan. For the reasons that I put her on the my top heroes list. She's dignified and she's suppo- she's a hero, like she, she's a hero without you having to have a reason as to why. Like, why are you doing this for this realm? Why are you doing? Why just because I'm a hero? Because I because it's the right thing to do. Number two is Elsa. Gosh, like the the the, the Frozen story arc. It's like I, you you put them as your number two, and I put them as my number two too. Like with Elsa. Like ah. I love. I loved seeing her, like, so, like, it, 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 it's it's almost like a carbon copy, like, of, of what you would see had, like, you gotten the animated movie and put it, like, into real life. Like, they did a really good job, like, making, like, Elsa a fleshed-out character, the best friend. And number one is Will Scarlet, for me, because... <laughs> for for the life of me, I can't I can't ever think of Will Scarlet without thinking of him holding up Hook's ship and being like, "It looks kind of small," and <laughs> that's when Hook's just kind of like, "You don't you don't talk about the size of someone's ship, man." oh it's so good. But yeah, those are my
4: top five guest star characters. Brittany. I'm disappointed in the two of you for putting Will Scarlet in your list because they butchered him in this in this series. Oh my god! I'm so <laughs> mad at both of you. Otherwise, if they hadn't, he would be on my list. But alas, he is not. My top five. Number five, Elsa. Like I said, I want her more in the series, but maybe season four is all we're going to get her in, and I'm okay with that. Well, not really. But what we got was amazing. And the actress was amazing. She tr- she channeled her inner Elsa. All we needed her was to sing that song. But I don't think she could nail it. But um, either way, I liked it. And especially, I think it's the friendship with um, with Emma. So I'm torn. I liked her, her character in season four. And I wish she was um, Emma's best friend. But then she wouldn't be a guest star. If she kept coming back. And she was there forever. I wouldn't be complaining. But she's my number five. Number four, Maleficent.
1: Uh, Yay!
4: Yes, the casting was amazing. She is Pam from True Blood, and Pam is a badass motherfucker. Like, she's always cursing. She has some of the best one-liners, and they... It's like she triggered a little bit of Pam, as much as she could, into this role. And she looked fabulous. I just wish they had done more with her. Even in the Queen of... Or what was it? The the Darkness arc or the Queen of Darkness arcs or whatever. I wish they could have done more with her. Um, And there's still more to explore. So I hope we get more of that. So anytime we see her, she does steal the scene. So Maleficent for number four. Number three, Tinkerbell. This cutie patootie needs to be in the series all the time, every time. But I know she's busy. But when we got her at the from the beginning till we got her again in the cameo for season six. Awesome. Amazing. I love her. She is so adorable. While the one in the Disney films is a little bitch. A little jealous bitch. Number two. Ruby. I didn't put her in my hero category because she ate her boyfriend. And that is not very heroic. <laughs>
3: Hashtag accurate.
4: But does that, but does that <laughs> take away that she is one of my favorite characters? Hell no! Actually, I still wanted her more. And they did say on numerous occasions that um, Emma regards her, as, excuse me, not Emma, Snow regards her as her best friend. So I'm really sad that she just like went bye bye. And I get it; she had other stuff to do. But they should have had her more. And I love her so much. She is like. Like Priscilla was going all lesbian for her, I am too. She's perfect eye candy, but her character <laughs> is also very fiery. And I wish we had more of her. My number one. Are you all ready? Are you ready? No, you're not. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you are. Number one, Mad Hatter. Yes, I'm channeling yes. the Sebastian Stan. um, Like the Huntsman. I mean, I didn't put him in here because he was a main, but um that character stuck with me since season one and i'm so sad that he never came back but that just makes me cherish his arcs and his episode a lot more and it was a lot more tragic than we thought but man i don't know why but i had this weird way of uh shipping him and emma i know that was a thing around there i know that's a crash no ship. same
0: mm-hmm.
4: yes and maybe mm-hmm. it's because it's sebastian Stan. but either way. I felt something for the both of them and he just had charisma all over him. He was insane in a good way. And I don't even know if that's even possible, but yeah. So Mad had her for me. For number one.
6: He was insane in a sexy way. That's, that's <laughs> what you're getting <laughs> from. Let's
4: be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, so... My five through four... Not my five through four. My five through two have already been mentioned, so I'll I'll zip through those. But no one mentioned my number one, which I'm excited about. Okay, so my number five, Elsa. For all the reasons that have been stated already, Georgina Haig was the human personification of uh, a animated Disney princess or queen. And and she was just fantastic. Number four, Mulan for all the reasons that I've been stated already of, of Mulan. Uh, I mean, just seeing the character on the show was fantastic. And she was a badass and just awesome. Number three, Ariel. I mean, Joanna Garcia Swisher was, again, like the human personification of uh, a Disney animated character. And she was fantastic. Number two, Maleficent. For all the reasons that Brittany gave, uh, I mean, I love Kristen Bauer Van Stratton, and her take on the character was awesome. Although, they didn't really know what to do with her, which was a little disappointing, and they nerfed Maleficent incredibly. Because like, she should have been like the most powerful sorceress, yeah. but they didn't do that, which, you know, I I get it. But uh the actress and her take on the character was fantastic. And, and I still remember like like when she was dressed in her storybook clothes and she looked all film noir, it was just fantastic. And number one My number one guest star, Merlin. Cause Merlin yes. was fucking amazing and badass and I hate that they killed him off. He could have been like guesting every once in a while. I mean, he was just awesome. And uh, Elliot Knight just did a really great job at uh filling his interpretation of Merlin with like hope and positive energy and uh it was just he was just great. Like Merlin was awesome and uh he was like one of the highlights of uh, the Camelot arc. Were there any characters that uh almost made your list?
6: Uh yeah, Maleficent almost made my list. But I was like, is she does she count? I'm not sure. And so so I kept her off of it. Knowing now, she probably would have like bumped Tinkerbell off the list.
3: Oh. All right now. So moving into our next category, top 5 ships. And in parentheses, canon or non-canon. So that means that you could have picked crack cannon or crack (laughs) ships or whatever the hell it's called, or you know,
6: crack cannon, (laughs) whatever
3: (laughs) head cannon stuff. (laughs) You know, fanfic stuff. It basically it It opened the door. Yes, it's it basically opens the door to like a lot of stuff. And uh, let's start off with our number one shipper, Brittany. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am the
4: Queen of Darkness, but also not even on the down low, a really huge shipper. Um, okay, I'm going to start this with a lot of fun. Number five, Aladdin and Jasmine. I'm so sad I don't have a ship name for them, and if there was one, I don't know it. I looked it
3: up. It's Gelatin, apparently.
4: Okay, I'm yes, just going to stay with Gelatin. Aladdin I'm going to stay with Aladdin and Jasmine. That just sounds really, really weird. Okay, number four, Outlaw Queen. I will always be faithful to them. Their chemistry was always amazing and they deserved better. I will always stand behind them. That was like one of the worst decisions ever. And yeah, Outlaw Queen. Number three, Will and Anastasia. Um, I think I've said it numerous times on our podcast for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I think I shipped them more than the main couple, which was Cyrus and Alice. Although I love them almost as much, Will and Anastasia is what I lived for. And yeah, that's my number three. Number two, Captain Swan. The ship that we weren't sure was going to sail forever, but in, the, in a way we kind of knew. But they had the most drama. Um, but they got their happy ending, and I am so happy for them. Number one, Snowing. They were the couple that they advertised the most in season one. Uh, They were the first thing I saw in a trailer for Once Upon a Time. And once I saw who they casted and the scene that they had in the trailer, I was sold. And when I watched the series, the first season, when I binged it all, it did not disappoint. And Snowing was the anchor couple from season one till season six. And they just oozed true love and it's just something i adore watching on this show so number one is snowing for me
3: all right now so i'm gonna go next and my number five is swan queen just because
2: oh yes <laughs> <laughs> yes
3: just oh because i'll say this i was never like a crazy swan sh- swan 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 queen shipper you are now I know, right? Because it's my number five. (laughs) I was never, like, a crazy swan queen shipper. Like, I was in reality, (laughs) living. But, I will say, like, especially in season one, like, they had chemistry. I'm not saying that they were going to go full lesbianist, but, like, their scenes, like, oozed with, like, chemistry and subtext and... I do believe the writers that they weren't intentionally writing it, but like somehow it did translate into something on the screen. Because I saw it, and this was before I even knew Swan Queen existed. So, number five, I have to. Swan Queen. Number four, this is going to be a surprise for people, maybe. Wicked Hell, Green Devil, Zadies, whatever they're called.
5: Yes!
3: Zelina and Hades. Now, I'm not focusing on their actions as far as like outside of their couplehood i'm just focusing on them as two characters in some sort of ship and they had ridiculous chemistry and like the way he lusted over her and i mean like the way he would talk to her in that kind of way like it was just i mean they were electric and fire and heat like I liked them as like a couple now what they ended up doing and that kind of stuff that's a whole other story but we're not discussing that right now number three the reason why I knew the ship name is because I had to look it up myself Jaladin I thought they were so cute together I loved seeing uh, the human personification of Aladdin and Jasmine on the show and I read somewhere that people were like I didn't think they had chemistry and like these were like critics and recappers for like major pop culture news sites and i'm like what the hell were you watching because i thought they're they were critics.
1: really they don't i know, know they don't
3: know about chemistry they don't
1: have chemistry
3: <laughs> i know but i thought they had like really hot chemistry and i thought they were very cute together number two captain swan just because i mean they were like the focus of the show And I'm glad that they got together. I'm glad that they got married. They had chemistry from out the gate. And uh, I mean, they're just a great couple and a great ship. And it was great to see their true love blossom. And number one, for all the reasons that Brittany gave snowing, 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 snowing. snowing. (laughs) So let's go with Priscilla.
6: So number five for me is Kristana. Anna and Kristoff.
3: Oh,
1: because
6: oh my gosh for me like I always remember that scene when they're about to drown within that trunk and then like they just look at each other and they start saying their wedding vows because they can't bear to like not be together for that very end that very last moment and I'm like beautiful like it's just oh it's everything to me number four is Scarlet Queen I loved 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 the the evil queen of her own story the Anastasia the scarlet queen together the red queen with will scarlet like it's just it's it's beautiful like i love their story number 3 snowing cuz they're the og they're the first couple they're the best couple always just not the best couple on my list, but still, number two, Swan Queen. Ah, oh, I, 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 don't care what anybody says. Like, there are certain times when you just see the two, like the two of them interact, and you're like, I could see something there. Let's be honest. Let's 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 check this out. Like, hmm. And I don't know, like they just have such good chemistry and it kind of sucks that we're never going to see like even a hint of it. But you know what? It's okay. It can live on within like our, our crack ship dreams. And the last one is Captain Swan. Oh, my one true ship. The ship that I don't want rocked for the next season. It better stay together. I love them together and I'm glad they got their happy beginning and... Better stay that way.
3: (laughs) Katie?
5: Okay. So, number five. I also have Anna and Krista. I loved them. (laughs) I mean, I was literally going to say the exact same thing that Priscilla did about that scene. Um, It was so beautiful, and I love them so much. I miss them. Um, But thankfully, we can always go back and rewatch um, at number four I have Captain Charming. I what? love oh. their dynamic. Oh not necessarily even in like a romantic way, but like
1: mm-hmm.
5: their uh, dynamic together is fantastic. I love their development, how they came from like um they came from basically enemies to a father or a father-in-law and son-in-law relationship. They're not father-in-law. Yeah, not father-in-law. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, They're just great. I love them. Their dynamic is great. I think about that scene where they're trying to do the stall together. (laughs) And it just makes me laugh every time. They're fantastic. So at number three, I have Outlaw Queen. Um, Specifically, like, the beginning of Outlaw Queen. That is the Outlaw Queen that we deserved. And the one that I want and I miss... Um, I loved them so much. They had such a great um, relationship. The way that they interacted with each other was fantastic. They had the best quips at each other. Um, you didn't like them. their end, the with the the, the arrow. With the well, that wedding was ring. the wish first The wish first Evil Queen. That was it's okay. Not the same.
4: It's not the same. It's
5: not the same. It's uh, not. Okay. That was okay. So, you know. Okay, number two, I have Snowing. They're the soul of the show. Um, For every reason that you guys said, they're the soul of the show. They're steady. They're constant. They're wonderful together. They have incredible chemistry, which makes sense since they're married in real life. But they just have incredible chemistry and I love them so much. And then, of course, to shock you all, at number one, I have Captain Swan. Um... (laughs) No way. They, from the moment, even before they were on screen together, I loved them. And their dynamic throughout the show was just fantastic. The way that they went from enemies to lovers is beautiful. I love their development together. Um, I love the way they interact. Um, They just have a wonderful story. And I will always cherish and love that story. So Captain Swan definitely gets my top spot.
3: Alright, now, so, any ships that missed the ship and did not land in your top five? I will say, I didn't even think of bro-TPs, so, Captain Charming, uh, kudos to you, Katie, for including that.
5: Okay, I didn't know if we were, like, supposed to or not.
3: No, remember, I, there. no one's wrong. This is all opinions.
5: Oh, that's right. Okay,
6: good. I, see. I was gonna put Mad Swan, and I was going oh, to put, um, that. the the huntsman and uh Swan. Yeah, no. Like I uh, for some reason Huntsman's I Saviour. Yes. I like Grandma. I love I love seeing Emma
4: like
1: Grandma. different
4: people. Why wasn't yeah, why wasn't uh your number one, Jeff, uh Granny and Geppetto?
3: You know what? There was at one moment, I promise you, my number four was Gran <laughs> Granny and Geppetto. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> I swear, I promise, they really, really were there. But I was like, I, you know, because it's fake, and uh, I remembered like Zelene and Hades, I was like, their chemistry was actually real, like that we know of. Like, we really don't know what's going on, if there's anything with Granny and Geppetto. So I was like, they were probably, they could have been like my number six.
4: Oh! Um I guess shout out to I don't know the name of their ship but I was really considering um the Fairy Nova and Dreamy oh. or Grumpy cuz I remember I remember that Aww. episode so much from season 1 that I'm really sad we never followed up on it but they were definitely on my list because they were adorable and that's where I, that's when I wanted to hate the blue fairy so yeah but that was—I think that's the only one I have. But yeah, like like you Priscilla, Mad, uh, the the swan or like that as well. Man, I just shipped Emma with everyone until like they all died and never came back. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh,
5: and golden queen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally oh
3: my. God. God. Oh my gosh.
5: That's on my top. That my no my top five no is TP list. all of yes. that. We should have done that. That's. Literally, <laughs> they take up the entire list. Number five, number four, number three, number two, and number one okay. is Golden Queen. So, <laughs> there's also Cora and
1: Silskin. Aren't they, like, golden something, too? Oh, gosh. Golden Mills. Okay, I
3: don't know. Too. Oh, gosh. As we move into our next category, I will say all of us are shady because none of us included <laughs> So, Oops.
4: Yeah, I was about to say that, too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could say, like, pre-season four Rumbel. Pre season
3: three? Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the name of this special is Farewell to Storybrook. So, we have a Storybrook focused list. Our top five Storybrook locations. And I left this one very vague. So,. Uh, as we've said before, it's your opinion, so you are right in your answers, and we'll Wrong. start off. Oh gosh, we'll start off with Priscilla.
6: Oh um, I'm gonna go with number five. Is the loft seeing every time like so- something happening? Whether it's Emma trying to heat up and figuring out that 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 Hook actually knows what a heater is to know. The first time that Emma gets that, that that Emma gets flowers, and they're not from Emma; they're for Snow from somebody else. Like, and, like just there's a whole bunch of like little moments that make the loft the place to be most of the time. Uh, number four is, and I just just because I liked the the scene, the the set design up for it, Hatter's Mansion. My god, it's so fucking creepy with like that room full of hats and that room with just like the piano and yeah It's just, it's weird. I would never drink tea there um, number three the sheriff's station like I, I like between seeing Grumpy in there for being a drunk most at the very beginning to seeing the weird shattered the shattered sights fell play out there with everybody going crazy and nuts and like to seeing Graham give Emma a bear claw like it, there was a whole bunch of like wonderful moments at the sheriff's station that I've come to love Granny's number two of course Granny's had to be on here Their her diner is the best like that's where uh, that's, that's, that's where Henry and Violet first get to play their song together that's where We get to see the dark Swan for the first time. That's where we get to see Emma give Hook back his heart later on. Like it's just, it's beautiful moments. And number one is Henry's Castle, where he, where that that place nearby the beach, where she, Emma figures out where that's where he is, and that's where. This whole journey starts out. It's just a magical place. And I'm kind of like bummed that we didn't get to see more of it after season one. But yeah, definitely. Those are my favorite
3: spots. Katie?
5: Okay, so number five gets the park that they visit on occasion. Um, Like we saw just before Emma and Hook got sucked into the time vortex. Um, she was sitting on the bench at the park. We see Regina and Henry at the park a lot. Um, it's such a beautiful park. It's really pretty, and we've seen it in a lot of the different um, like seasons. Like We've seen it in fall, we've seen it in summer. Um, I can't remember if we've seen it in winter or not, but it's just a really pretty place. Number four, uh, I have the Mills House, or we're Regina lives. Um, It's a cute place. It's a pretty place, I should say. Not just cute. Um, We see just a lot of fun things. I love her kitchen. Um, Henry's bedroom is there. It's just a fun place to visit. Number three, I have Mr. Gold's shop. Um, It's a dark... I know. It's a dark place, but it has a lot of the... Items that we associate with the fairy tale characters' backstories. We see, we saw the windmill um, that kind of piqued David's um, memory in the first season. Um, we see the dolls um, of the of Geppetto's parents that he turned into wooden dolls um, or puppets. And there's just a lot of fun things in the shop. Um, a lot of magical things as well. Um, At number two, I have Granny's, of course. Granny's is the central location where a lot of stuff goes down. Um, They always go there to talk about stuff. Um, It's just, it's, I don't know, it feels like home. It feels like home when I think about Granny's Diner. I love it. And then at number one, I have Snow's Loft. Um, It's such a cute place. I've always loved it ever since the pilot episode, I believe it was when we first saw it. Um, It's just a cute place. Um, I love the design. Uh, And it just, a lot of beautiful moments have happened there. So I hope someone good is occupying the loft now that Mary Margaret or Snow White is not living there anymore. So. Tacos oh, yeah. were made there. Tacos were made there.
3: <laughs> oh my. Oh, okay. Oh gosh. My number 5, The Wishing Well.
5: Ooh, I like the Wishing
3: Well. Thank you somebody reacted.
0: Uh...
3: <laughs> I I like the Wishing Well. I I thought that was a really beautiful location and it was used a lot in the beginning of the series. And, uh, yeah, so, The Wishing Well. Number four, The Sorcerer's Mansion. Because that was an awesome set. And I'm still kind of mad that they didn't really utilize it as much as they could have. Although, it it did come back this season, which was kind of neat. But, uh, yeah, I just, I loved The Sorcerer's uh, Mansion. My number three, okay, I will say, this one could technically be seen as cheating, but it is Stop. in it is in Storybrooke. So this is Storybrooke locations. So hashtag sorry, not sorry. The Jolly Roger.
6: Cheater! Aww, that's oh, so dang. not fair! I would have chosen it. Damn!
3: It's in Storybrooke. I'm just saying.
4: Oh. Loophole.
3: It is yeah. a loophole. Magic comes with a price. Um. Yeah, I just I mean it was a it's a great ship. It's an awesome set. Like it's it's just dope. Like I love me some Jolly Roger. It was just awesome. Number 2 for all the reasons everyone's already said. So I don't even have to say it. Or I don't even have to give any reasons. Grannies. Yeah, I mean it, it's just it's <laughs> iconic. You're number 1.
4: Oh my god. No, It's not. I know. I'm shocked. What is life?
3: I know. <laughs> my number 1 location is what katie mentioned the park by the lake i just think it's a beautiful location it's just gorgeous like whenever they've shot there it's just beautiful at night during the day there have been some really interesting conversations either in those benches or nearby those benches um hook was dragged to hell um in that lake and they went into that lake to save him so i don't know i just visually that location is stunning i really like that uh park by the lake Brittany, what about you
4: okay um i guess i didn't get the, the right name for this but the story uh jail i put that for my number five um, I just feel like we're there almost a lot of the time, and I love that they have only two, uh, cells there, and sometimes they're both occupied or not, but I feel like we've had a lot of great scenes there, even in season six. Um, number four, Mr. Gold's Shop. I feel like that's been a prominent place since, uh, since season one, and we always almost need to go there almost every episode or every other one, so... Um, and I like it, too, because I feel like his shop is, like, a reflection of Once Upon a Time where there's still a lot of mysteries to be solved and a lot of stories to be told. So, yeah. Uh, number three, Regina's Magic Vault. Um, I know she says that it's always sealed and only blood can get in, but sometimes Regina, after being a fan of Arrow and Flash and Supergirl sometimes, even that's not gonna help. They're just gonna find a way to get in there. Um... We had a lot of Outlaw Queen sex in there. We had a lot of uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) potions and, you know, decision making in there. Uh, Just a lot of good times in there. And I've always really liked it. And and through time, it was always just her going in there. But then gradually she let people go in there with her. You know, so I just I really like that. Number two, Archie's therapy room. I don't think they really have a name for that, but I feel like. Um, we saw that a lot more than I thought we would, and I think we got a lot of good moments there. We got Hook telling Archie that he he wanted to marry uh, Emma, um, and I feel like sometimes we needed that because Archie is a the therapist, like, first and foremost, and even Emma was going to him, too, and I feel like that's really important for our characters to know that there is a place where they're talking to someone who... Is not family, but it's still someone that's helping them out, like, in a way that maybe no one else really can. So I really like that. And number one for me is grannies. Uh, I mean, because food, first, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And two, we get the last shot of the season six in there as, like, the last supper. And, like, there's no other place, like, I'd rather have that scene in. So, yeah, grannies for number one.
3: I like it. Did any locations almost make the cut for you? for any of you
4: madam mayor's office for me yeah oh yeah the asylum too yeah
5: definitely i like like... i was gonna put jefferson's mansion on there as well because it's a really pretty Mm -hmm. place
3: hat tip to priscilla for including that that was awesome i'm glad that was included i'm glad you all mentioned the uh the queen's vault regina's vault and i like that The the vault Oh, gosh. I like that the mill's (laughs) house was mentioned. Because the mill's house really was beautiful. Like the mayor's mansion. Mm -hmm. That was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Okay, so moving into top five realms and or kingdoms. So the reason I worded it that way is because there are some kingdoms that are within realms. Like several kingdoms within realms. So I I wanted to uh, give you all the chance to customize it the way that you would want to. And, uh, we're going to start off with, uh, Brittany.
4: Alright, let, let me go through this, uh, pretty simple- well, 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 I can't say it. I can't talk right now. Um, okay, let's go through my list. Uh, number five, I chose Oz. I feel like it was, like, forever ago that we were there, but thankfully the musical episode gave us a glimpse into that world again, and- i forgot how much i loved it and i mean it was a big step putting in the wizard of oz in there and once upon a time spin on it was fantastic and i just love the aesthetic it was just awesome um number four i don't know if this counts but if it does good because it's wonderland uh i know we complained a lot about the cgi in the in the podcast for wonderland But it still felt very wonderful. And there was just so much going on in that show that it's like you couldn't even trust anything. There was like marshmallow stuff, and then the, I don't, you couldn't eat certain things. Like it was just very fantasy like. And that's probably one of my favorite things. Number three is Neverland, because you think it's a place of like being free and being a kid, but actually it's really dark and it's creepy and you don't know who to trust. And some of your darkest desires are are coming out Peter Pan's evil the evil shadow like it was just such a twist but in a good way number two Camelot Uh, again that's some of my favorite time period or you know even if it really existed or not dark ages whatever uh, medieval times along with that I love the wardrobe some of my favorite costumes were in that arc so two and two it was amazing number one enchanted forest you can't go wrong i never get bored of the flashbacks of enchanted forest or in present time my favorite outfits are there the aesthetic is awesome uh swords arrows magic is just everything that i as a fan of that stuff has
3: awesome i'm gonna go into my list number five the enchanted forest just oh. because, same reasons that you gave uh, Brittany...
4: No, you can't steal them.
3: Well, too bad. <laughs> it's our main land, for the most part. And uh, I don't get tired of the adventures there, either, at all. I can't get tired of them. Number four, Wonderland. Uh, even though, as Brittany mentioned, we do sort of make fun of the aesthetic sometimes, I just, I just thought it was an awesome land. And... Uh, I just thought it it was neat. Like, it was really cool. Fun time. Yeah, I like it. Number three, Agrabah. I loved seeing a visual representation of Agrabah on Once Upon a Time. Like, I was craving to see it for the longest. And we did get a little bit of it in... Or I should say a lot of it on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. But it was great to see what Once Upon a Time, the mothership was going to do with it, and I really enjoyed what uh, we saw visually. I thought it was stunning. Number two, Oz. For a similar reason, just the aesthetic, uh, I thought it was uh, beautiful to see. I liked the CGI. I liked... The um, wizard's uh, lair, which turned into Zelina's lair. I also liked going out into uh, like the countryside of Oz. I thought that was really neat as well. And my number one, I think this is obvious just by how much I talk about it and how much I crave to see more of it. The Land Without Color, or what? as I like to call it, Black and White Steampunk. Transylvania land. I really loved that land. I thought it was striking to see. I loved the black and white. I loved how it was very steampunky and goth. And it looked like we stepped into, like one of those classic monster movies. And I'm so mad that we never saw it again. And, uh, yeah, I'm just mad that we never saw it again. So, that's my number one. Katie?
5: Okay, so number five, I have Wonderland. Um, for all the reasons you guys said, it was, even if the graphics weren't the best, it was still fun. It was a fun place to visit. I loved the Marshmallow, like, lake or whatever, and, um, the Cheshire Cats area, and... There is, it was, that was all in Wonderland, of course, but in the show Wonderland. But we got to visit it briefly in our show as well, which was fun. Um, Okay, so the next one at number four is Arendelle. Arendelle was a really pretty place. Um, It was wintry, of course, Um, but it was a fun place to visit. We got to see um, the trolls. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that that sticks out to me the most. Um, We got to go on the ships there. It was just it was fun. We got to go in their castle, Elsa's castle, as well, which was super pretty. Um, Number three is Neverland. For all the reasons I said before, Neverland was just a fun place to visit. Um, We recently just got to see it in the light instead of in dark all the time, which was fun. So um, it was kind of nice to see it and daylight. Uh number 2 goes to the land without without magic or storybrook. Um I love Storybrook. I'm going to miss it so much. Um but it was a fun place to kind of centralize our characters for the show so far. Um and number 1 of course is the enchanted forest. Um it's a beautiful place. It has a lot of different areas. Um, it has the fairy realm. It has the evil queen's castle. It has Stone Charming's castle. Um, Rumpelstiltskin's where he hangs out. Um, it's just a really pretty place. So uh, it gets number one for me. Priscilla? Um, my number five is one that nobody picked. It was
6: um nineteen twenties England.
0: Oh from I like that Cruella's
6: one. time. Like I freaking loved seeing just a different like side of things. I loved seeing this is how you got like the utter fabulousness that is Cruella. Like it's just it was it was a beautiful set design. I loved it. Number four was Arendelle. Of course, like Katie. Um, it was just if I wanted to see Frozen and I wanted to see like the castles and v- what would it take to make these like people like it would it would totally have been that like store that are once upon a time, cast, like our people that are in charge of making all of this? like you guys are geniuses because this that came up beautifully at Neverland, too, I heard that there were a couple of times where they had to film. Like, with the same shot, like, over and over and over again. Like, walking around a forest when it's really just, like, the same, like, little square of land. So, like, good on them for making everything look, like, varied and beautiful and lush and woodland. Like, it's, it's, it's great. Um, number two is Wonderland. I liked seeing um, the never-ending maze the throne room that the that the queen had like it, the queen of hearts like it, what we got to see in Once Upon a Time was enough for me to love the land itself um, and number one is the Enchanted Forest or Misthaven because it's it's where the magic happens it's where we first got to see the beanstalk and we last see the beanstalk it's where we see Uh, like Aurora and Philip try and figure out their way through their own kingdom. It's where we get to see snow build her own kingdom and learn how to use arrows for the first time. Like these, these are wonderful moments and you don't have a, a, a complete once upon a time without having the magic of the enchanted forest.
3: Any realms or kingdoms that almost made your list? Victorian um, England. It yeah. It,
6: it killed yeah. me that I couldn't have it on there. Oh god. Like the mm-hmm. the, the yeah. Hades not the Hades, the Hyde, Jekyll and yeah. Hyde, like them Yeah, bigger.
4: I also like from yeah. Wonderland too, wherever um Alice was from
5: as well. I mm, thought it was like yeah. her house and everything.
4: I don't know. Yeah.
5: That's also an English. That counts. all saw like dark. Um, Peter Pan, or not Peter Pan, we saw Balefire and Wendy in The Darlings as well in Victorian England, which was
4: cool. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I also put 19th Century France, which was in this season of the uh, that episode with the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh,
2: yeah. I remember
4: saying a lot about how I liked the wardrobe in that episode, so yeah, I remember that a lot.
5: Mm-hmm. And the Camelot Underworld. almost made my list. The
6: Underworld Um, almost made the list
4: for
5: me. Ooh, yeah.
3: Good choices. Our next category is Top 5 Storylines That Left Unanswered Questions. And I feel like that's very self-explanatory, so I'm gonna start off. And my number 5 is Nova the Fairy and Grumpy. Just because, where the hell are you, Nova? And after the curse broke, why aren't you with Grumpy? I'm just saying. Number 4, and this is something that I Always mention, the Huntsman gives Snow White a whistle to use. (laughs) Who the hell did she whistle? I'm curious, and we're probably never going to find this out because Snow White's no longer a series regular. Number three, Dr. Frankenstein's brother. It goes into the whole uh, Land Without Color, and I was curious to see where that storyline was going to go.
2: Nowhere. (laughs) <laughs>
3: oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Number 2. Lily's father. Maleficent and Lily were going to search for the father. What happened? And <laughs> and number 1, Will and Anastasia. What the hell happened?
5: <laughs>
3: yeah. Katie.
5: Okay. So my number five is, how did Mulan and Aurora save Philip? We oh. never got an answer, and I'm still curious about it to this day. Um, number four, I have page 23. We kind of got a little bit of answers of what was on the page, but we never really found out how it came to be and like what it meant exactly, I, I think. So that's kind of piqued my curiosity for sure at number three i have what happened to abigail when she ran off the road in season one like obviously she ends up happy because we do end up seeing her at a party like later in in later seasons but what happened to her at that point because uh frederick did go after her like he saw her car and he went after her and we never found out what happened um Number two, I have Lily. Lily's father. Where? Who the heck is he? We need to know. Pretty self-explanatory, right there. And then number one, I also have Will, Scarlet, and Anastasia. And what the heck happened? I. This is something that I will be upset if we never find out. That's all I'm gonna say.
3: Well, damn. <laughs>
1: Priscilla.
5: For most of
6: mine, I know that like, I'm just gonna get these answers from people who write fan fiction, make gifs and stuff because it's just, <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Number five was what was Maleficent's Briar uh, slash Briar Rose's story? Like, why did Maleficent hate Briar Rose, and what happened there? We never we got like hints, but we never got the entire thing. Number four, how did Aurora and Mulan get Philip's soul back? We just we just leave with that and like nothing else. Number 3 is who's lily's father? Number 2 is something that I've brought up on the podcast many many times. What's up with the wolves? Why do the wolves keep popping up in the middle of the mm. of this of this street for Emma? Like that's it's weird. And number 1, where does Will Scarlet's story come up again? Like it I I want to know what does he go back? Like where where does all what all of this nonsense happen
3: apply? Brittany.
4: Alright, number five. It's gonna it's not gonna sound like a question, but it really is. And it is what wow. who is the blue fairy? I mean even mm-hmm. now everyone's asking like who the like they keep saying she's shady and you know what? I'm I'm not one of them, but I feel like we haven't gone one episode of the blue blue fairy's uh, backstory. Mm-hmm. We just know that she's in charge. So, what is it about her? What rules does she have to follow? How does she become the blue fairy, and why does she keep certain things a secret? So that's something I don't know if they'll ever answer. But yeah, number four, who is Lily's father? Which is a lot of things we've been asked, or which all of you have had on your list. Number two, I mean, I'm sorry. Number three, Nova and Grumpy, like you, Jeff. I w- w- what what mm-hmm. what happened? What happened? Number two. What about the untold stories? Apparently we were supposed to help all of them, but we only did it for like four episodes. <laughs> like what about everyone else? <laughs> what is going on? But well, that's one of my predictions for season 7 that maybe that's where they can explore. But still what what happened? There is like a million people in that shot. Like where what, what was going on? And number one, like everyone else, what the fuck did you do with Will and Anna? What did you do?
5: No bueno. I don't like you. Okay, I'm done.
3: Were there any storylines that almost made your list?
5: What happened to Prince Thomas um, when he went to like look at the well in season one oh, and he like disappeared? Yes. What the heck?
3: Cinderella's prince?
5: <laughs> yeah, obviously he was fine, but we don't know what happened to him. <laughs> Didn't we see Cinderella with her kids? Yeah. So, obviously, he, like, turned out fine, but...
3: It was a cliffhanger in that episode.
5: It was a cliffhanger in the episode, so oh. but we never found out. Yeah, like what? one of those <laughs> random
3: cliffhangers, like, with Snow and the Whistle. Good <laughs> grief. All right, so the last category is a fun one. Because, obviously, Once Upon a Time will return for a Season 7. There's going to be a time jump. There's a new uh, city location, new town location. That's why we're saying farewell to Storybrooke. So, the top five characters you'd like to see on Once Upon a Time. And the idea behind this is characters that have not debuted on Once Upon a Time. Characters that would be fresh and new. Their first time being interpreted on Once Upon a Time. We're going to start off with Katie.
5: Okay, so number five. <laughs> this is this, okay, this is really random, but number five. I want to see Yzma forever. M- from Emperor's New Groove. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> what?
5: I love her. And like. Have Kronk as a sidekick. Like I don't know how you could make this work. But I would probably die at that. <laughs> Number four. I have Thumbelina. Um, oh. She doesn't even have to play like a huge role. But like she's a. She could. She's a fairy. She could be a fairy. Yeah. Uh, a she's awesome. I love her. She's always one of my favorite stories, so I would love to see her on the show. At number three, I have Pocahontas. Um, I think it would fit perfectly, especially now having Tiger Loli on the show. I think it would be cool to have her on the show. Bring her on, be fun. Number two, Jeff has finally, like, all of his whining about this
3: oh? has made me oh.
5: curious. I have Dr. Facilier on my
1: list. Oh,
5: number two. He would make... And I have seen Princess and the Frog by now. It was a while ago. But he would make a fantastic villain. Um, I really hope that they do bring him on. And then number one... Lion King characters. Uh, That has great potential. Um, Turning them into humans, of course. But um, it has great potential for bringing more people of color on the show. Um and just it would be cool. I think it's a cool idea that would translate well onto the show. And it's one of Disney's most favorite classics.
1: Priscilla
6: Um for number 5, I'd like to bring back Baba Yaga. Like I'd love to see her like evilness like portrayed on this one. I think she'd be a really great like massive villain. Number 4, I picked Odette from Swan Lake. Like, keep up with the whole swan theme. Like, to have those type of characters come out at some point. Number three, Tiana. Again, like, Dr. Facilier. Like, all of those, like, the, that type of character could work in a new land. Uh, number two, uh, Scheherazade. Maybe, like, fill out some, some more stuff of Agrabah by having... Another author, another person with the Thousand and One Nights coming out. And number one is Renard the Fox. We got a little bit of stuff from Aesop's Fables and we've already seen that the Big Bad Wolf can be like a person. So why couldn't we have Renard the Fox, one of the like most wily characters, be a person too?
3: Before I move into Brittany, you just reminded me of a location that I would have put as a shout out. I like the Aesop's table location. And I also like the original bar that we saw way back in season one when we had like the Disney princess girls night out. So the rabbit hole. Right. Yeah, that's
1: right.
3: Okay. Yes. Brittany, what about you?
4: All right. My top five characters. That I want to see on Once Upon a Time, which is really, like... I I don't know. I had, like, a lot. It took me a while. But I think I have people in here that you guys don't. So, let's see. Number five. Flynn Eugene Ryder. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. I feel like even if he doesn't have a connection to uh, Rapunzel in this story, I don't care. Flynn is sassy enough and he knows the woods. I mean... Imagine him being, like, Henry's best friend. I mean, just imagine. That'd be just freaking amazing. Number four, Princess Tiana. I have, again, I keep saying, I've been saying this all podcasts, I want our characters to have best friends. And since we lost half of our cast, imagine Lucy being best friends with Princess Tiana. Hell yeah. I'm up for that. Number three, John Smith. Just because I am obsessed with him in... Pocahontas and maybe (laughs) I knew you were going to
6: say
1: Johnson
4: and maybe because it's Mel Gibson's sexy ass voice and I just I need him number two pair him up with Pocahontas I've been wanting Pocahontas first it was Aladdin and Jasmine we got him bring in Pocahontas or she can be Lucy's best friend I don't know or the mother of Henry's child no I don't want that I still want John Smith Pocahontas OTP Um, number one Esmeralda I feel like we could bring her in here and she can be like our warrior for, for justice. I mean, she's she's just awesome. She is an underrated character in one of the darkest Disney films. And if you go and rewatch that movie, like right now as an adult, you would want her in Once Upon a Time. So number one for me is Esmeralda.
3: Here are my top five. Number five Tiana, for all the reasons that all of you have said that have included Tiana. I just think she would be a really great character to see on Once Upon a Time. Number four, Moana, for a similar reason. I just Ooh, yeah. I think she would be awesome to see on Once. Number three, and uh, Katie, you stole my thunder. I put Simba uh-huh. because... I just think it would be awesome to see a human interpretation of the Lion King characters. And uh, we discussed this very early on in the storybook, Weekly Mirror, uh, in its existence of like bringing the Lion King characters. And it just would be an awesome way to bring diversity and to have a predominantly like African American kingdom somewhere in the realms. I just think that would be really neat. Number two... The reason I'm including this is because of that weird random question that uh, Katie reported on in a spoiler section many moons ago. Dracula.
1: <laughs> oh my
3: I just think he would be cool if we have black and white steampunk Transylvania land. Maybe he lives there. And uh, I don't know, like originally when Regina was like still sort of toying with evil. Like, I could ship them. I don't know if I would ship them now, but uh, Dracula. And number one, Dr. Facilier. I think it would be an awesome villain. I kind of hope that that shadow from um, the flash forward ends up turning into him just because he would be amazing. The shadow man. Like, come on. Like, that would be a dope-ass villain. So, uh, any characters that almost made your list?
6: Thumbelina Ooh. almost made mine. Mm. You guys... Y-
4: Read my mind. Yes. I feel um, like I don't know any fairy tales. Like, it's a, <laughs> I just knew from Disney stuff, and I was like, I don't know who to pick, but Thumbelina is fantastic. I love mm-hmm. that movie. I don't know why it didn't come to mind. I'm, I'm ashamed yeah. of myself.
5: Uh, Two, Mowgli, I think,
3: it was a fun oh. on the
4: show.
5: Even for, like, like a full, small role. Oh, yes, I had Tarzan and Jane,
4: originally mm. as my number nice. five. I had them, and I was like, I don't know how they fit, but, I mean, I would just want to... I mean, we made Hercules fit in here. I mean, I can, I can, they could find Tarzan and Jane. Um And I was telling Jeff that I wanted, like, Frollo, like, to come out, but I'm like, I don't even know what the hell he can do. He's just creepy and old, so I don't think he should be in here. Quasimodo <laughs> <laughs> could be nice. There I you go. There you
5: also, go. Uh, did we ever decide if Anna? Anastasia. Well, and Anastasia. If she was the actual Anastasia from the movie Anastasia, I don't think she is. Uh. Uh-uh. uh Because I would love to see Anastasia on the show.
0: She's oh, one. Okay. That's
5: one of my favorite movies.
4: That is mine too. If they if they adapt that into live action, I would love Demetrius. Oh my god. Oh yes. my gosh. I would. Yes.
2: Yes.
3: Well, on that note, since we're all out of lists to share, we would like to thank everyone for joining us these past 31 episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
2: Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio programs by visiting com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrook Weekly Mirror, and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Weekly Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at
3: Thanks, announcer, co-hosts, for the final time this season. Please wish the listeners a good night.
6: Good night, good night guys.
3: everybody. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. From all of us here at Storybrook Weekly Mirror, we wish you a good night. And we're going to start off with Katie. And she was not prepared.
5: Yeah, like, sorry, I'm messing up so so fast. I totally forgot about all of the questions and I, I was looking at the paper that I wrote them down on and I'm like, there's only five categories? Or, I thought there was I thought there was more. And then I flipped the paper over and I, I found the other categories.
3: <laughs> Katie? I thought I had
5: it written on one side and the other side. My bad. Wow, it's Katie, been a while. Katie, been really Katie's
3: horrible. still half asleep. <laughs>
5: i am actually
3: i expect I this from it. Brittany, katie yeah and i exp- and i expect this from christy damn you christy <laughs> okay. uh, a call back to, oh. when, to when katie wasn't here and the entire show fell apart <laughs> that's right oh my
5: gosh you told me about that okay yep. so I, I will start now okay three two
3: <laughs> one